Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me as always is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Mo, it's our second Booyah. episode in as many weeks. Booyah! I know, it's pretty exciting, isn't it? <laughs> I am crazy excited. Yeah, you sound very well rested, Mo. It sounds like uh, living in Florida has been treating you very well. Yeah, that's that's what it's is that what's that's going on? Yeah, yes. Before he we were says, started, he re- says super sarcastically. <laughs> before we started recording, Mo, you were talking about how you had uh, been knocked unconscious by a wave in the ocean. I wasn't. I wasn't unconscious. Mm-hmm. I was essentially punched in the face by a wave, though. Right, and it and, hurt. And, it hurt. And who's I fault? lost? Who's I lost one of my that? earrings. It was my own damn fault. <laughs> it was my own damn fault. I'm perfectly willing to admit that, and I'm totally fine with that. It was fun. I, it's surprisingly enough, I'm becoming a bit of a beach person now. I kind of like the beaches down here. Up, up in Connecticut, the beaches are fucking terrible. Have you been down, spending your time here? searching for your lost shaker of salt? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm wasting away. Are you a parrot again. head now? Is that what's going on? I'm a chicken head. A chicken? <laughs> chicken hawk. <laughs> <laughs> all, all three kind of apply, sure. <laughs> But Florida, Mo, Florida is the armpit of the United States of America. It's the U.S. Wang. It's it's the it's the Wang of the entire country. I, I, I like to think more like like Texas, you know, like the Gulf Coast of Texas is the armpit of America, whereas this is America's Wang. Yeah. Well, have you spent any time in Texas, Mo? Uh, no, but all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> What a ridiculous thing for you to say. <laughs> you might think, ladies and gentlemen, that we're avoiding uh, the, the movie that we're going to be <laughs> talking be about. Right. <laughs> it's the banter that we know that you come here for and all of this real great back and forth. Um, and, and sometimes when we feel like the movie doesn't live up to the banter we could be providing for it, we try to avoid it as much as possible. Yup. Yup. What movie are we watching this week, Mo? Oh, we are watching... Spine from 1986, one of the very first shot on video features. Uh, maybe they should have not bothered. They shot it in 1984, in fact. 1984, Mo, that's a pretty interesting year, don't you think? <laughs> well, it's certainly poignant. Why is that then? Oh, uh, you know, no reason at all. Just just the total collapse of, of my country's government and, you know, Big Brother watching. I see. And you, you think know, Spine yeah. is double plus good. Yeah, hello, Shiani. <laughs> uh, before we get started here today, I did want to give... We're about to get started on the two minutes of hate. <laughs> <laughs> before, 
we get really started, I did want to, uh, because we've been kind of uh, not treating them as well as we should, we need we need to, in the year of our Lord, 2017, um, we need to start treating our Patreon subscribers a little bit better. And uh, we're going to be doing that by providing some extra special content in the very near future. We keep promising Woo-hoo. it, but it is coming. Uh, but I also wanted to give a shout out to our current Patreon subscribers. You can actually... Uh, you can actually support us, the No Budget Neighbors podcast, by going over to our website and clicking on the Patreon link. And you can uh, give us as much a, as a dollar per episode, as much as, as little as a dollar per episode, or as much <laughs> as, depending on what you're into. I just give us a dollar. <laughs> and uh, and every bit uh, helps uh, helps us uh, put this show together, helps us uh, purchase new films and, uh, and actually keep the hosting of the show going. And I want to give out a big shout out. Give out a big shout out. Jesus Christ, Mo, what is wrong with my brain? Words are hard. Words are hard. I want to give a shout out to John R. Blaker, a big supporter of the show. Gavin Rye, of course, friend of the show. Matt Everin. Is it Everman or Everin, do you think, Mo? I'm I think it's Everman. I think it's Everman. I think I've written it down wrong here. So sorry, Matt. Uh and by sorry, I mean sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's Canadian, sorry, so you know it's it's super special. Uh Adam's Adam Loonsbury. <laughs> Loonsbury? Boy, I'm, bad with names I'm, too. I'm not even going to correct you on any of these because it's just great listening yeah. to you. Brian Berger, names. I've got that one, I think, right down the center. Uh, good friend of mine, Evan Monday. Leslie Lawrence, very good friend of the show. We love you, Leslie. Uh, Dorkshelf.com, which, of course, is where you can find the latest episodes of No Budget Nightmares. Uh, Curtis Radon. I'm going to go with Radon instead of Radon. What do you think? Radon? Radon. I'd, yeah, no, he's like, a, he's like a silent killer. Right, that's right, Radon. And, of course... <laughs> Uh, John Cross himself at the After Movie Diner, uh, the final supporter there. Thank you all very much. We couldn't exist without you. I I couldn't exist. I barely exist as is. So uh, the more people who can help me exist, probably the better, don't you think, Mo? I'm like Tinkerbell. I just need people to clap and And say that they believe in me. There's been times when I wasn't, especially because, Mo, you know, we should bring this up because we don't mention it very often. Your name isn't Mo Porn. No. Now, Mo, I have to ask you, and I think I I'm may have asked this. Say, I'm not going to say my real name. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to okay, say okay, your okay. real name. <laughs> or even give hints towards what your real name is. But, Good. But do people in your real life call you Mo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of holdoffs that like would accidentally call me by my real name every now and again. But, I mean, like, I, I am changing my name. Like, not to porn, but I mean, like... You know, I am changing my name to Mo, so it will legally be Mo at some point. But what will what will your legal change in terms of your last name be? Uh, I'm thinking about it. Not entirely. Give a. I think, and this is just I'm just throwing this out there. I think you should have the listeners of this show vote on what your new last name should be. Well, they can. They're more than welcome to. And actually, I would I would love the input. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love all three inputs actually. But um, that was a sex joke. I uh huh. Um. Oh, all man, holes lost... filled with hard suggestions. All, all holes filled with hard suggestions. Mo, exactly. I have an idea for your new last name. What? It's your first name would be Mo, and your last name would be Money Mo Problems. It's a, it's an option. Money Mo Problems. I'll, I'll, I'll pin it to Money the board. Money Mo Problems. <laughs> I'll put it pin it to the board. If I say it three we'll, times, we'll see how it goes. How about Mo? <laughs> how about Mo Better Blues? Mo Better Butter. <laughs> Mo, we watched Spine for this episode of No Budget Nightmares. Yeah, why'd we do this? It was my fault. Uh, and when I say fault, I mean I'm taking full responsibility for the fact that we watched this film. I had been reading about it in the uh, Bleeding Skull 
book, uh, the one that covers ah. 1980s shot on video cinema. I it, it didn't necessarily sound incredibly interesting, but it was that sort of sweet spot, mid 80s, you know, really getting in there, the, the early days of shot on video cinema. And I thought, you know what, this is where we're going to find something where someone's going to be using, you know, all of their um, talent and inspiration, and they're going to do something weird, and and it'll be like Tales from the Quad Ed Zone, and it'll be like crazy. But that's not how it ended up at all. And in fact, it was literally none of them. This film is sort of like it reminds me a lot of Blood Cult, uh, the film that we covered a long time ago, really a pioneer yeah, and yeah, shot yeah. on video cinema, but mostly right. because it's a movie that's sort of trying to be a not shot on video movie, right. And, and you know what? I will say this about Spine is there is a ton of like potential there and they just kind of made the wrong decisions with a lot of of what they did. Yeah. You know, like I mean, this like the bat like the, the the villain in this, with the exception of the fact that we find out his name about five minutes before the movie ends, um, <laughs> could have. He could have been a real interesting character. Like he's kind, he's crazy, you know, and he's really obsessed with this particular thing, a woman, and you know, it, it's it, there was there was potential in the bad guy, and, and if they had focused more on him and really let him ham it up, because whenever he's on screen, he kind of hams it up, and it's really kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good, but it's kind of funny. No, I hear what you're saying, and, and there was a lot of potential there. I, I just I feel like every minute they spend with the two cops is just the fucking worst. So now this- I don't know. We'll get we'll get into that as as we go. But I I'm I'll just you know I, like me I like to show my my cards before uh-huh. you know before they're, they're even dealt. Yeah, well before. <laughs> Often when you're yeah. 15 minutes into the movie you're watching you're writing on yeah. the Facebook group saying how yeah. much you're not enjoying yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, in this particular case, uh, I'm gonna say fuck those. Mo, on the uh, the spine poster, the poster for the movie Spine, on the is bottom, there a, a heavy metal chick who's actually a dude. No, it's not. This oh. is this is. It does show a very upset looking woman, and she. It says at the bottom, the most gut wrenching movie of all time. Well, you know what? After watching the film, at least the tagline makes sense. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and remember that the ta- the tagline is, "He is looking for Linda, and that could be anybody." Right. <laughs> yeah, it maybe like, isn't supposed to be said like that. <laughs> you mean it's not supposed to be said like a fucking like mid '90s emo Phillips? And that could be anybody. <laughs> Sounded like Darkwing Duck. All right, well I can just keep doing it, but I feel like it might be time to actually talk about the movie itself. Before yeah, we do that, Mo, do you mentioned the killer in this movie, played yeah. by R. Eric Huxley, and yes. I think it's important for that we start. And define who this guy is and what he's all about, and in particular, what he looks like. What does our Eric Huxley of nineteen eighty six look like? Well, I'm gonna defer this question back to you because uh-huh. honest honestly, you had the best description of him. You know, I'm I just called him I just called him Beardy McGlasses. You know, now, that, that, uh, it's that's a sensible name for him, Mo, because yeah, yeah, he yeah. is bearded and has big glasses on. Big aviator glasses. But what you called him in your notes is perfect. Yeah. I have referred to him all throughout my notes, especially because he isn't named until the very end of the film. I refer mm. to him exclusively as Hank Williams Jr. Now, and Hank Williams Jr., as I'm sure our listeners know, uh, is the son of Hank Williams, the classic country artist. And uh, he's also known as Bocephus. Isn't that correct, he- Mo? 
Yeah, he's very bocephus. And and I'll I'll tell you, just just one just one look at the guy and you know that he is ready for some football. Yeah, he's ready for some football. All his rowdy friends are coming over tonight. <laughs> uh, I, I I can't remember any of his other songs. Uh but he, he was a he's a rowdy gentleman. Um I, I get the impression, I believe I read recently that he's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably accurate. But he is Hank Williams Jr. And he's like a good old boy, you know, fat Texan with the big glasses and the hair and the big cowboy hat. This guy doesn't wear a cowboy hat. No. But he does look a lot like Hank Williams Jr. He does. What's your favorite Hank Williams Jr. song, Mo? That's a stupid question. Is Born Country a song by Hank Williams Jr.? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like I've li- I've huh? I've literally never listened to any Hank Williams. So I I don't know. All his rowdy know. friends are coming over. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> That's what he wants Monday, you to know. That and the Monday Night Football theme are pretty much it. It sounds threatening, it. doesn't it? To say that like all my rowdy friends are coming over, so you better watch it. Right? It's like, hey, <laughs> like get like your rowdy friends out of here. <laughs> like he's like he's getting ready to. Yell at his something. What? Listen, no, please listen, elaborate. Listen, bitch, all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. That's right. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Uh, see? See? You better watch yourself, <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. Oh, yeah? Well, all my rowdy friends are coming over, so just deal with it. <laughs> They're coming over tonight. So the movie Spine starts with a, uh, a message saying this is a Xeon limited production. And then we hear... Oh, it's a limited production, all right. <laughs> we hear what has to be Moe's favorite sound, which is a woman moaning. Yeah, I, I even says, opens with sex noises. But it's not sex noises, Mo. But it's absolutely not sex noises. You know, there's a thin line between sex and death. You can use that as a tagline for a movie. Um, but she, this is actually a woman who's been hogtied. Oh, she's hobbled good. Yeah, she's like tied up. And uh, is she naked, Mo? I want to say yes. The room is very, like, red-tinted, so it's a little hard to tell for sure. But I believe she is, um, though the IMDb trivia says that there is no nudity in this movie. But I don't believe that's correct. Um. Well, I mean, there's not... I mean, you get a little side boob and side a little crack. But, I mean, there's not, like, any, like, blatant nudity, I don't believe. Blatant. That's true. Well, what happens is... Don't, woman, don't, mock, don't mock me. There's this woman and... <laughs> She's hogtied and and potentially naked, and above her is Hank Williams Jr., the singer. (laughs) (laughs) And he has a knife in his hand. What kind of knife is this? Uh, It's a switchblade, I believe. Switchblade or flick knife, some people call them. And he takes his Yeah, if you're a 1920s cop. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. This guy takes out his flick knife. Who calls it a flick knife anymore? (laughs) Well, this is one of those knives that it does it like a switchblade in my brain, and I don't know a lot about switchblades. They were very cool to me in the late '80s. It like the knife, the the blade itself comes out. It just goes like shoots out right, right from the front of it. Just goes boom. But this one kind of comes from the side, right? No, switchblades just means that it has a switch Uh and the blade comes out. Mo, let me tell you something. Back in 1990, I had uh, what looked like a switchblade, but when you but it was a comb button, it was a comb. Yeah. And when I used that, everyone thought I was the coolest dude in town. I somehow think that's not true. You know what'd be pretty cool is to take what? that comb and stab someone to death with it. <laughs> Actually, uh, my old band had a really cool shirt uh, that was made up. That was um, uh, 
a one of those switchblade comb ni- uh, combs uh, just in a puddle of blood. It was pretty cool. Oh, Mo, I was just thinking about something. What? Remember the 1980s uh, song, by a Canadian, in fact, Sunglasses at Night. Oh, yeah, Corey Hart. Corey Hart from Canada. He wrote yeah. a song called Sunglasses at Night, and there's a line in it that says, don't switch a blade on a guy in shades. Oh, no. Right. You think he was writing that song about spine from 1986? I, he must have been. Cause right, because this I'm guy guessing, has shades on, sort of. Yeah, I'm guessing that that beardy Mick, uh, Mick Glasses, uh, Bocephus ready for some football, mm-hmm. uh, probably thought that he was Linda at some point and tried to hogtie him and cut off his spine. So this guy, who looks like Hank Williams Jr., he takes yeah. out his switch knife and he takes it and he goes... Boom! And by boom, I mean he stabs this woman in the spine. He does, in fact. Yes. Wait, not spine, backbone. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. Remember, we have to say spine and not backbone oh. because that way the computer doesn't work. Right, which will... That doesn't make any sense to you, the listener. It doesn't right make yet. any... Yeah, but neither did the tagline, so we're we're ahead of the game. This then leads into the opening credits, telling us that the movie is called Spine and that its stars are Eric Huxley... And it's written, produced, and directed by Justin Simons and John Howard. This is very, very important because not only are they the uh, the stars of this movie, sorry, not only are they the creators of this film, but uh, John Howard plays Leo Meadows, who's the lead uh, cop character in this. Mm. Now, Leo uh, is credited in the credits as Antoine, Leo. Antoine Herzog. That's the pseudonym he chose to use. The IMDb trivia says that the reason that John Howard ended up playing this part is that the actor originally cast ended up dropping out at the last minute, which would explain, and again, I don't mean to be brutal here, the limited acting range of John Howard as <laughs> as Leo Meadows. He does get and, to wear a, a series of ridiculous outfits, I do have to say. Yeah, and, and it seems like every time he wears a new hat, like somebody else. Actually, I think that only really happens the once, but... I, it's like I feel like I feel like somebody had to mention the hat at the beginning of the film so that people would keep looking at his hat every time he came back on screen. It's, and it was a different hat every single time, and you never knew what the hell it said because you couldn't read it. Oh, did it? Was it supposed to say something on it? I don't know. Some, I just remember that dude. What was his name Jeff? Is that sure. the other cop? Jeff. <laughs> There's a few of them. Uh, one of them is Chuck, and one of them is Joffrey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I think this guy's name was Jeff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, when he put on a hat, it made him turn from a mannequin to real life, and he would dance around. Yeah, today's special. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I get Canadian. People no, I know. We, I think we discussed this on another episode of No Budget. I'm sure we. I'm sure we did. But uh, but anyway, Jeff, I assume his name was, um, says something to him that that first crime scene, uh, 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 scene. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, my brain is off. I think I did too much coke. Um, uh huh. Anyway, uh, is that coming in from Cuba, man? But he, he, yeah, say hello to my little friend. He, um, <laughs> I was actually doing my Razor Ramon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. But say Razor Ramon's to, just, but I, all he's doing is his Tony Montana anyway, so whatever. Say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. Um, Christ. 20 so anyway, there's a, a sentence out. The, 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 he makes he makes mention of the dude's hat. That's all I was trying to say. So what happens is we now see a crime scene where two police officers are checking it out. One of them is Leo, who is our lead, played by John Howard, and the other is Chuck or Charlie. Jeff. And I'll tell you what, Mo. 
Yeah. Like, they have an interplay here, and it's not very interesting or anything like that. But I do have to say that the interplay between the police officers in this movie is sort of well done in that it seems kind of real. Like, they keep getting distracted, and sometimes they do other things during it. I found that that part of the movie is actually pretty well done. Yeah, I mean, now, if they could have, uh, (laughs) you know improved on the sound of those scenes. Yeah, it's it hard probably, to understand what the fuck is being said at any particular Yeah, because in a lot of those scenes, there's usually like five or six people talking at the same time, and I could tell that they're trying to be clever because they're like, oh, we have a bunch of different people. We'll set up the scene, and it, like, it almost feels like they were trying to create long shots, and it just was not working. Um, and really, it's just a stagnant hallway where they just have people walking in and out of, uh-huh. out of the shot saying shit, and it's just like, fuck, just... Just have the people talk and then leave. <laughs> so Chuck and Leo have a little conversation about the crime scene. They haven't really found much. They've dusted for prints but haven't taken photos. Uh, and they talk about um, really oh, that Jeff's they have no lead. Oh, was Chuck? I think it's Chuck. Oh, well, I'm, I have him written. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, well. Does not matter. Leo matters. Chuck does not matter. I think that the actor who plays Chuck uh, is is the, the best actor in this movie. But it's not like he has anything to do. So who fucking cares? Right, right. Basically, they're just establishing that there is a killer who has been killing people, <laughs> and they do not have any major leads on on who he is and uh, where he is. Until the end of the movie, you pretty much just described every scene with the cops. Yes, exactly. They are, they are cops. They are working on a murder investigation. They don't know who it is. Uh, check back in in five minutes. Then we go to, I guess it's a hospital, right? I mean, it's it's some sort of hospital-ish place. Oh, is it? I just assumed it was a doctor's office. But yeah, I guess it probably is an actual hospital. A lot of nurses work at this place, I think. Yeah. So we see Lori, who is the nurse currently working, and Louise. And Louise is about to leave for the night. And as Louise leaves, she says this. Tell Carrie to remember I'll run on Sunday because I've been working out. And I'm going to beat her ass this time. I'll tell her word for word. See ya. It's kind of funny that she says, I'll tell her word for word, because I don't know what the fuck she said. Yeah. She, she says something about, tell Karen to remember about our run on Sunday. Carrie. Carrie. Okay, yes. And I'm going to beat her ass, is what she says. Yeah, at running. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I am going to fucking destroy her at running. W- women are competitive. That, if no, I've learned nothing else in my 36 years on this planet. Women, they'll, they'll tear each other apart. Chicks, man. So, um... Louise leaves, gets in her car, and she is followed by the famous country and western singer Hank Williams. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, getting ready for some football. She actually gets into a Trans Am mo, and and she pulls out, and he follows her, uh, and then it goes back to um, there's a meeting with the chief. That's what's happening here. The only thing I remember from this scene is that Leo is sucking on something the entire time, and it's making him screw up his lines. Constantly. So what we've learned is that uh, there's a sort of a theory about certain aspects of the killer. He, he's apparently white. He's about 5'3". And he's been targeting nurses, Mo. That's who he likes to kill, nurses. Right. And um, and there's like the, there's there's sort of a, a, a modus operandi that's consistent. Like there are bruises on the wrists and things because – and the ankles because they're all hogtied. And, and I guess as they struggle, the ropes get tighter and it, that ends up actually killing them most of the time. And then, Mo, he mutilates the bodies. Right. He removes their spines. Yes. 
Uh, and so they, in this in this scene, it's actually incredibly boring. It's just the cops sitting around a table. Um, the chief, by the way, Mo, and this you'll find this interesting. <laughs> mm. The chief is played by Justin Simmons, the co-director, his father. Uh, that is interesting. That is pretty interesting. He's not very good. No, he's actually a lot of fun to watch. Yes, though. he is, especially because he <laughs> seems to be struggling for the next line constantly. So he's just going, uh, uh. <laughs> but we'll hear that in just a second. Uh, they did ask, they do ask in the scene whether um, Hank Williams Jr. has been raping the people that he's been killing, and this is the response to that. Can you rape this one? No, he's only one for five on rapes. Didn't rape this one, and again on the wall. With the girl's hand and the girl's blood, the word Linda. No prints. And none of the girls had a name Linda. Nobody named Linda, but the name Linda's always there. Linda. That could be anybody. That's what the tagline said. That's right. He's pissed off, Mo, at someone named Linda. Linda. They do mention... Oh, Bobby! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, Bob. Bob. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's as far as I can go as an impression of anybody on Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh, we are a mess. Yeah, it's all going to come together. So they continue to talk. They mention another cop, by the way, here uh, named Joffrey, who is supposed to be there. We spend very little time with Joffrey in this movie. In, in, in yeah, the I think he has exactly one scene. He got like two. One, he's just there. And two, he actually shows up afterwards. And he's an yeah. asshole. Like, that's that's his defining characteristic. I don't know, even know why he's in the movie. To be an asshole. So uh, they, they continue to kind of just go back and forth on what's going on with uh, the case. And uh, the chief then says that he wants to keep uh, all the, the, the kind of latest news out of the press. And this is what I was talking about, how it always seems like he is forgetting his lines as he's saying them. I think we ought to keep this business about the backbone and... Uh out of the press completely. Uh, let's keep quiet about that Linda, too. Uh, just play it like it's a strangulation of a nurse. For God's sakes, let's get this guy and get him quick. I'll give him this. He he brings a certain amount of gravitas to it. Uh, <laughs> I was watching a show once that told me that uh, Keith, that's Keith Kiefer Sutherland's favorite word. What gravitas? Gravitas. Why? Why does Kiefer like that word so much? I don't know. You have to watch that episode of in, Inside the Actor's Studio. Is that what you saw that? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. If he could so say anything favorite? to God after he dies, what would he say? I, I don't remember. I just remember because I, I made fun of him so hard for it after this. So what's your favorite word? Is it gravitas? I'm the like, only like, proper fuck, answer to that pre- is like motherfucker. Yeah, like you pretentious head. twat. <laughs> yeah, twat. That's, I mean, you know, if you want to get creative. Yeah. <laughs> so Louise, the nurse, she arrives home and she goes upstairs into her apartment. And um, Hank Williams follows her <clears throat> holding a knife. Now, I feel like it's kind of premature to already have your knife out and ready to go, Mo, don't you think? Well, yeah, because somebody could see you with the knife. Yeah, right? It you didn't know? seem to happen in this case. <laughs> but or any it, of the other ones, but, you know. The guy's very identifiable. Wispy, uh, thinning hair, very long over his ears, dark sunglasses, um, and and looks like Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty accurate. So then we're back to the police station. 
uh, Chuck is is making some time with the police switchboard operator, uh, and he's trying to convince her to say calling all cars uh, over the radio because that's something that it would be their dream to say, I think. Sure. Car 54, where are you? Adam 112. What was it? Adam 12. Adam 12. There you go. I believe that Chuck in this scene is uh, sexually harassing this woman. Yeah, absolutely. He suggests that she puts on a nurse's uniform and go for a walk, which seems to suggest that he wants her to be murdered by this gentleman. I I don't know if that's exactly what he's going for there, (laughs) but I mean, you know, that's certainly what would probably end up happening since these guys... There are literally scenes where they're in the same room with the killer and he gets away, quote unquote, without a trace. Yes. Yeah. I don't see. You think you think at the very least they get some of this guy's hair because it looks like it's falling out in clumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Chuck is just sexually harassing this woman uh, and, and uh, she seems at least semi into it. Um, and so they cut back and forth between him doing this to this woman and the killer uh, assaulting the nurse. Yeah, he's having his way with Louise. Lu- Louise! I don't mean like, don't mean like sexually Woo! or anything like that, but I mean, you know. But I, what made me laugh is that he follows her back to her house and he knocks on her door and she answered. Yeah, but you know, it was, it was a more innocent time in the yeah, mid-1980s. Sure. Now we don't trust our neighbor, right? Now we I don't hate, trust anybody. I hate my fellow man. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, reasonably enough. Uh, So they're cutting back and forth between the police station and this woman being assaulted. uh, And we find out that the switchboard uh, operator has gotten a call about a domestic disturbance. And it's it's from or about a woman who is a nurse. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yes, I I forget. Sometimes you stop to let me talk. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, the uh, so he gives it to who? Who's hitting on her again? It's Chuck, I believe, is the one hitting on her in this scene. Yeah, so so Jeff is hitting on her, and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, and um, and they they who do they then they call it into Leo, I believe. I think they're trying to get in touch with Leo about it. So Chuck finds out that it's a nurse domestic call, and he's like, "I'm gonna go check it out." She's been trying to get in touch with Leo about it, but can't, so she ends up calling Joffrey, who, by the way, I think that you've written down Jeff a bunch of times, and you mean Joffrey. No, because I have Joffrey written down later. Where All right, I Th- then do you really think that there's a character named Joffrey and a co- character named Jeff in this movie? No, I, I no, I'm probably just mishearing Chuck because the audio in this entire movie is it's pure really shit. really bad. So yeah. she's able to call Joffrey, and he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Threw me off slightly, and, uh, and and that that sounds like this, and you can see how much of an asshole he is. A domestic disturbance in Sheltonham. A neighbor called it in. Why are you bothering me with this shit, Bobby? Why don't you give this to someone else? I've got a full house cycle running around the city, carving up nurses, and you're calling me about a domestic? You've got rocks in your head. Well, I'm about to nurse. I can't get a hold of Leo. She's what? The girl's a nurse? Why did you say so? When did the call come in? What an asshole this guy is. What a prick. Yeah, he's a prick. So Joffrey, I think all people named Joffrey are probably assholes now that I think about it. I think it's just a name that, you know, screams being an asshole. Now, the only alternative is if you're a potential Patreon... (laughs) 
contributor <laughs> and your name is Joffrey, yeah, then yeah, you are yeah, A-OK yeah. in my eyes, young man. You're OK in my book. <laughs> so um, so then it goes to the hallway outside the, the nurse's uh, apartment, and we see these two cops jumping out like complete fucking assholes. And there's one part where the guys, like they have their guns out, where they turn a corner and they stick a gun right in the guy's face who just lives there. And he's like, police, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so there, it does kind of seem modern in that way. Um, and so they end up going inside the apartment and they find, what do they find, Mo? They find Louise dead. Louise. She's dead. She's had her spine or backbone uh, uncovered. Uh, it's a big mess. And Joffrey goes, call the lab, tell them to send a photographer. Um, yeah, see, this is what happens when all the rowdy friends come over. The other guy with Joffrey, he's Henderson. That doesn't matter, but we do see Henderson a bit more for the rest of this movie. (laughs) So uh, the next day, and now the plot's going to kick in, okay? So you've been wondering what's going on now. Now is when the plot kicks in. We see a woman coming out of a bus station, passing by a gentleman who's uh, asleep on a bench and using a phone. Who is this woman, Mo? Oh, my God. Now I'm falling asleep. No, no, we got so, this. So full of energy before. Now this movie reminded me that it's It's a very boring, boring movie it until really like the last 20 minutes or so. Yeah, well, we're on minute 10. So. Yeah, we're going to we're we're zooming now. <laughs> we're we're moving right along as Kermit the Frog would say. Yeah, right. Uh so this woman her name is Leah. Leah? Um she was having some trouble out in her area, which I forget where the hell she said, but she was like fucking like Kansas City. Kansas like City. That. Oh, was I right? Yep. Oh, sweet. Um, And she is now out in L.A. uh, because she had once uh, run into a woman, Carrie, who we had met earlier. No, we didn't meet her before. We met. It doesn't um, really matter, but she's a nurse. Carrie is. We met Lori before. And she calls Carrie. I'm in L.A. now. And Carrie comes and picks her up. Yeah. It's kind of a fucked up thing, right? So we don't know what kind of trouble Leia is in. But theoretically, it's something where she had to get out of Kansas City very quickly. Yeah. And she basically has to call up someone that she's only met once ever, basically to help her and help take care of her. Yeah. So I'm so so I'm really thinking that, like, Carrie and Leah are the same person and it's a whole Tyler Durden situation. Mm-hmm. Let's not confuse the listeners right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Leah calls up Carrie, who at first Carrie thinks it's some sort of, like, prank call because she's in bed. And, she you know, she probably works late since she's a nurse. Um, but eventually, Leah is able to convince her that they know each other. And Carrie, who at, at first comes off as being sort of a mean, awful person, she then actually shows that she's not like that at all. She says, that I'll be there in 20 minutes. And she goes to pick up Leah. And what kind of vehicle does Carrie drive? Oh, she drives a total straight-up rape van. Well, I mean, we shouldn't say that, but... Okay, it- she drives a total straight-up... Uh, Cargo van. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy. Uh, I, I like her reasoning for it, too. She's like, yeah, well, it's got a lot of space. You can pick stuff up from swap meets. Yeah, that's her. And she likes to camp in it. She likes to get in the back and camp. Right, right. This scene is very strange, Mo. It's shot from, like, across the street with, like, a huge zoom in on these two characters. And we can hear them because they are either mic'd or it's been dubbed in afterwards. So they're meeting each other and they're just saying hello and, and hugging each other and she gets in the van. But it's shot from so far away. It's like the Zapruder film. Uh, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's really, it's like, it's like what I don't know why they would have, have made the decision to do that. Yeah, it's going to be back and to the left any minute now. Back and to the left. <laughs> back and to back the left. to the left. So at the crime scene... 
uh, Leo is there. He's saying that there's really nothing at all, and they went over the place with a microscope. Uh, and what was the name of that other cop I mentioned? Henderson. Henderson says this to Leo. What now, Leo? I'm drawing a complete blank. Where do we go from here? Christ, I wish I knew, Charlie. We can't cover every hospital and doctor's office in the city. And there got to be thousands of nurses out there. So you can see the real... <laughs> The animal magnetism that these two police officers carry with them. <laughs> Anderson is drawing a complete blank. Maybe they should try some police work. Yeah, you know, get out there with a microscope and go over the place one more time. They're like, this guy must be invisible. The strange thing is that whenever we see the killer working and, like, killing, he doesn't seem like he's being careful at all. And it, No, I mean, to the to the point that there's even a, even a moment where he attacks a woman and they catch him. At the office, like at the hospital. Yes. And then like three, like like within, I'm guessing, hour time, you know, hours in the film, he's back there again, ready to follow one of them home. Look, I'm not a police officer. I don't really know how it works. Uh, I know that uh, they like to beat up minorities for whatever reason. Uh, but I would almost th- maybe spit my water. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that say... You wanted to catch a guy who was exclusively killing nurses, right? Yeah. And he's killing them in their homes, which means he must be following them. And right. wouldn't you just put a cop in, like, the parking lot of all of these major hospitals? I mean, maybe there's well, I too think, many. I, th- I feel like that was what that last audio clip was trying to say, is that they don't have enough men to do that. But if you catch a guy at a building... <laughs> multiple times who's been killing... Multiple times... Maybe, oh, I don't know, put a cop at that building. Christ, nah, it's, well, it's, it's right there. Look, we're not made of money, okay? The mayor's been cutting and- down our budget. <laughs> we got people retiring left and right. And when a man's chasing someone down with his dick out of his pants, I, <laughs> I put the motherfucker down. Wait, he doesn't say motherfucker. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Leia and Carrie, they go to Carrie's uh, house, or I should say the house that she's currently house-sitting. A very nice-looking place, Mo. In fact, right. even though we don't really get a sense of the geography of the house, like how it's all put together, it looks fucking massive. It certainly seems that way, yeah. So they're getting, like, they're, uh, Leia is kind of making herself comfortable. By the way, the suggestion here is that Leia is going to stay with Carrie for an undetermined amount of time. Right. At this place that she's house-sitting. And uh, then there is a phone call. Mo, and it's a very sad phone call. What's the phone call? Carrie gets a phone call, and it's basically the police telling her that they found Louise killed. Right. They uh, Louise, of course, is the person that she works with. They've, so this uh, is the woman. This is the woman who uh, who was going to quote unquote kick Carrie's ass in the tank at running at running. Yeah. Well, the, the, okay, so this is obviously Carrie's very shocked with this news. She puts down the phone. And uh, she she says to Leia, she's like, that her friend's been murdered. And it's the guy that they've been reading about in the paper. And then she says, we ran a 10K together. She nearly beat me. Which seems like a really weird egocentric thing to fucking say. <laughs> I like oh. the idea, in my mind, that, uh, <laughs> that Louise did beat her. But now that there's no one to say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> she nearly beat me, but the last second I just blasted past her. <laughs> Totally so, uh, her ass. Carrie goes over. She's going to spend some time with um, Louise's mother since she's not doing well. And uh, Carrie does cry. It's a very dramatic scene. 
good on her. What do you think of, of these actresses here, Mo? I, I mean, I like them a lot better than I like the uh, the cops. Yeah, well, K- Carrie is played by Janice Blythe. She was in uh, the original The Hills Have Eyes, as well as oh. uh, she actually had a, quite a, a lengthy uh, career uh, in a lot yeah, of I the genre I, stuff. I didn't, I didn't mind her so much. She was in The Incredible Melting Man, Mo. Ooh, that's a fun one. And Leia is played by Lisa Romanoff. Romanoff, isn't that uh, the Scarlet Witch, Mo? <laughs> is that um, Maximoff? I don't know. I, I think it might be Maximoff. Yeah, I don't know. And, and she still works in the film industry to this day as a distribution executive. What do you think about that? Good for her. Good for her, indeed. Anyway. I'm glad I'm glad to see that she survived this movie. Later on, Leo is, is hacking a computer. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is sitting at a computer doing... Apparently, this is what police work was in 1986 or 84 when this was shot, which is just doing searches on a computer... Using very, very random keywords in order to try to track down uh, a killer. Yeah, this was, I, every time they came back to that computer, I laughed. Like, I thought, like, if they, if this entire movie had just been cops searching on this green and black computer, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, where it's just, yeah, yeah. oh my, the ugly ass, nasty old computer monitor stuff. <laughs> um, You know, I'm very good with words tonight. Anyway, uh. Every single time they showed close-ups on that computer, it was fucking hilarious. It's also Leo's there, and he looks like a fucking trucker. He's got the trucker hat on and yeah, plaid. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking all the world like anything but a police officer. Right, sitting there right. doing searches in a computer. The chief arrives. The chief is like, hey, Leo, what's going on? Right? Like, like what? where the fuck is the killer that you guys are supposed to be catching? Why are you on Facebook? Or the 1986 <laughs> equivalent. <laughs> and, and Leo's basically saying, it's like, you know, uh, the searches don't work. They haven't got any clues. So until that there's another murder, there's nothing they can do. Which the chief responds by saying this. This guy is invisible. I guess, you know, maybe we've got to wait for him to make a mistake. If you're saying what I think you're saying, uh, we wait until he hits again, huh? Kill somebody else. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to say that. I don't know how else we're going to get at this guy. It's like Hill Street Blues, Mo. Sure. Except instead of them, uh, the chief saying, be careful out there, he's just not doing anything to put himself in danger in the first place. Right. So then we see the home, I guess, of Hank Williams Jr., where he puts on his glasses. We see that he has a letter in his uh, home with Linda written on it, Mo. Yes. And I made the astute observation here that uh, the killer also looks a lot like a mid-80s professional wrestler Ole Anderson of the Anderson Brothers. (laughs) <laughs> member of the four horsemen yeah and the voice of the Shockmaster. voice of the Shockmaster. that's very very true yeah people See, I, I can't give i can't give you any trivia on this fucking movie you want professional wrestling trivia i got you all night <laughs> <laughs> well original member of the four horsemen ole anderson is here and uh we see him open up a knife and examine it in a room which i described mo as maroon is that the color that you would describe it as yeah, I mean, it's basically, I mean, you know, maybe a slight mauve. Mauve? Mauve or maroon room. It's, yeah, it's it's nasty. Then, Mo, we do a time jump. Do the voice of the guy from from uh, SpongeBob and go, one week later. 
I uh, have <laughs> never actually seen an episode of SpongeBob where what? they say that. So I don't watch SpongeBob. I hate that fucking show. What? So I've seen exactly one episode that I've enjoyed. I watched so five I, episodes of it today because I had my nephews visiting. Yeah, uh, well, and, you had your nephews over. My, my niece and nephew would rather veg out on their fucking tablets and stuff than to actually watch Oh, these things, kids too, so. but they didn't have that option when they were visiting me. <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob makes it sound like this, uh, Mo. I, 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 <laughs> Thanks, Tom Kinney. He just does that again and again and again. Yeah, basically. No, I, I watched the one episode where like uh, they 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 swear, and every time they swear, it's dolphin noises, and I thought that was really funny. Right, that's, that's right. But that that's literally the only episode I've ever laughed at. Um, one week later, Mo Carrie, uh, who we of course already met, she's at work. Uh, another nurse, Lori, starts to leave, and Carrie asks Lori to basically file some uh, some folders away for her because yeah, she's kind of Lor- stuck on the phone. Yeah, Lori's the woman at the beginning who Louise was checking in with uh, who told Carrie that he's going to, you know, to re- tell her that he's going to kick her ass, that thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so so Lori has been asked to do that, and she's like, eh, no problem. And then they have a kind of conversation about where... <laughs> I guess where the files that these would go with are at the moment. Because yeah, because I, I guess they were saying they were doing some work in the office and they had to move the files because they were in the way. And then Carrie finally remembers where they where they're supposed to where they are now and gives her a flashlight. Gives her a flashlight. You, okay, which you already know means that Lori is going to have a bad time. This is so strange. So I guess these workers were doing some construction. In a room, and we see it in a second. It's like a huge section that is completely, I guess, being renovated. All the ceilings right. are torn up. Yeah. Uh, and they must have run into a filing cabinet. And instead of moving it to a well-lit area, they decided to put it as far back. In they put it in, like, sub-basement sub five. <laughs> and, and then Lori has to go in with the fucking flashlight to try to find this thing. Uh, it's... it's uh, it's it's a little hard to believe. I should say, by the way, that despite the fact that she's using a flashlight, these scenes are well lit enough that her flashlight barely gives off any light at all. Right, right. <laughs> Which is a good. I, honestly, I'm not complaining about that. Better, better. No, no, no. To- I I was actually thinking to myself, like this entire film is already like better uh, lit than any of the scenes in fucking uh, heavy metal nightmare or whatever the fucking massacre that we just watched was. Ugh. So. Then we go back to Carrie, who is still at, like, the front desk. And I, I was very confused about how much later this part took place. But right, we, right. Have, we have Leo talking to her. And explain to me, Mo, if you can remember, what does Leo look like in this sequence? Um, he's wearing another dumb hat. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, he's pretty much wearing a dumb hat almost every, epi- every, every scene he's episode. I would suggest this is the dumbest of his hats. Honestly, I... All I wrote was, wow, the audio is fucking bad in this scene. That's all I really have. He looks like Hawkeye from MASH. He's got one of those hats on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like so they're talking was to... Like a, like a bucket hat? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. got with like the crinkle on Anyway, yes, exactly. So they're talking to Carrie, and she's about the, the murder that had happened a week previous. And she says that she doesn't have any more information. And in fact, she's getting irritated with it. And there's... Their suggestion about why they keep bothering her is that they're hoping by continuing to bother her, she will remember something that she has not remembered previously. Yeah, because that's how that works. 
seems to me that's how you get a lot of testimony that is people making shit up because they've been convinced that they've seen something they ain't seen. Right. So it's probably real, probably very true to life. So they bring her outside by a big fountain. Right. She makes the suggestion that they go out to the patio because that's right. She doesn't want everybody to, uh, to, to all the patients to hear what they're talking about, which is fair enough. They probably don't want the people in there knowing that nurses are being murdered on a regular basis. Right. Exactly. Uh, so they're hoping that they can jog her memory. And then she responds with this. I just think you might have a little more luck if you spent less time here bothering me and the staff and more time out there looking for this maniac. But do you think he's going to walk up to this patio and surrender himself? No, Miss Lonigan, look. Look, I am busy, detective, so if there is nothing else. Oh, now I got to pee, Mo. Mm. I got to pee. Go ahead. No, I don't actually need to pee. It's just because of the sound of the fountain in that previous oh, sound. Oh, I clip. see what you I see what you're saying. Sometimes, Mo, when people hear the sound of running water, it makes them need to pee. Yeah, it happens sometimes. So we I go back it. to Lori, and she's uh, already tied up by her wrists, and Hank Williams is there threatening her. Right. <laughs> no, I'm trying so, to... I, you caught me right as I was trying to fucking figure out where the hell I was in my notes. <laughs> so, so that's what happens. So what happens is, Lori went back into that room to file the shit. The, the killer was back there, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, right. While that was happening, Carrie was talking to the two cops... And then we cut back, and the killer has already uh, tied her up by her wrists. Right. And, and if- you know what? And you know it says that I, I, I don't know why I put this in the notes. Well, actually, I know exactly why I put it in the notes, because I'm a fucking pervert. But mm-hmm. uh, there is actually a scene right here where we do get a slip of, of some Lori boobs. It's, it's a slip that allows us to see a nipple, so let's call it a slipple. <laughs> That's what they call those. <laughs> So, I think you just coined a phrase. So Carrie is, is wondering where, where Lori went because it's been a while. And so she goes looking for her. And uh, and that's when we get the little bit of nipple action. We also see, by the way, that the cops, even though they, they have no one left to talk to, they're just hanging around by the fountain outside. Right. Carrie, it's, it's, fu- it's fucking great because Carrie walks in on Lori being all tied up and basically in the middle of being attacked by, uh, by Beardy McGlasses. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> and she screams and it, and for some reason like closes the door yeah <laughs> like instead of instead of like well again she doesn't want to bother the, the patients mo she wants to make oh, sure she's so she's such a good nurse um <laughs> and so and so and for some reason instead of just attacking carrie right then and there because i mean she's right there yep you know he runs off then the cops show up. This is the scene I was talking about before, by the way, where... All right, so this is essentially what happens. Carrie walks in uh, on Lori being attacked. She screams. He runs. The cops show up and then declare that he got away, quote-unquote, without a trace. Yeah, I guess maybe you went up the elevator shaft or something. Because how they the fuck literally, else? They literally watched the guy run away. <laughs> and he got away from them without a trace. You know what's even more fucked up? So Carrie got into that room saw the guy standing there and she couldn't like have a description of him afterwards. Yeah, right? I he mean, was right for, there. For fuck's sake. When he runs off, by the way, they do a brief like point of view shot of him running and it's just this fucking camera just shaking all over the place. I don't know why they did it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. They're trying to be edgy. Uh, as the killer runs off, he does like give one more slice to Lori and I thought when I saw it, I thought he slit her throat and killed her but uh, but no, she actually makes it. 
Well, good for her. Well, we never see her again. So a little bit later on, Carrie is sitting with the cops. They're they're just talking about it. Like you said, they say that they, they can't find a trace of him. Uh, but they're going to get the lab guys there to check shit out. Um, I got such a kick out of the fact of how, like, lax they are about, like, this investigation. Like, they, they were, like, they were within feet of the guy. And now they're just casually sitting around talking about it. Like, exactly. Guys. So, so the cops leave. Uh, even though the that is now the second nurse who's been attacked in that same place. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, she starts to cry from her frustration and fear, which is very reasonable. Then the phone rings, scaring her. And who's on the phone, Mo? Well, it's Leah yeah. who is calling to tell Carrie that she has got a job. Yes. Where? As a nurse. What? What? Well, my understanding, Mo, and this is only uh, because I know a few nurses, is that you don't need any training at all to be a nurse. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't need. A you just walk in and you can get a job like that. Yeah, you don't need years of training to become a nurse. I'm being facetious, all. Mo, because maybe the '80s was a little bit different, but uh, I feel like healthcare professionals, like nurses, are uh, that they probably actually require a lot of training. Not the kind of training you could get in, say, a week. No, but maybe Leah had a whole background in nursing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to assume that one. So Carrie uh, is very uh, hesitant to uh, be very happy for Leah because of, of course, what she's just been through. And uh, she, she says that she literally says to her, she goes, well, we'll talk about the job later. Yeah, we'll talk about the job later. She suggests that she'll come home and they're going to go out for a drink and they can talk about the job then. Now, also, this is this is remember, we were just talking about how this is the scene where the guy comes to the office. This is the second woman from the same office that he's attacked. He gets mm-hmm. away, quote unquote, without a trace. And then, the, so then the cops leave uh-huh. and don't post anybody at the building. And this is the day where the, where, where fucking Beardo is back again. He's still there. He basically left that room where he got chased yeah. out of, just went down yeah. to his car and waited for another nurse to leave. Right. Fucking fuck. Bad cops, I would say. Bad cops, bad cops. So, so as we just uh, suggested, Carrie gets into her car and leaves. She puts on a gigantic pair of sunglasses. uh, And then our killer follows her. Mm -hmm. And that's when, now this is when the cops really kick into high gear. We're back to Leo sitting at the computer. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a list of search terms that he's put in, basically describing what they know about the killer so far, uh, including the fact that he exposes backbones. Fucking ridiculous. Pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So... (laughs) So, a woman so Leo, could, yeah. So, so Leo is having trouble with the computer, of course, because he he keeps putting in these terms, and of course, not getting any results back. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe this is at the point where he says this. Yes. So, how's it going here? Terrible. Going for the big banana. <laughs> oh, I hate computers. I don't know. Can you go up and talk <laughs> to those banana. people? Either I'm running out of disk space, or the thing is taking too long. <laughs> this is supposed to be a big system. It's supposed to be state-of-the-art here. Those jerks were wow. supposed to take care of this the other day. I'll go get on them right now. Fine. 640K is enough for anyone. Uh, who, who needs more than that, really? <laughs> now, if you're wondering, listeners, why that sequence sounded so strange, the reason is that even though it's just two people in a room talking to each other, all the dialogue has been horribly dubbed. Oh, yeah. 
And everyone sounds like they were recording it later because they all sound like robots talking to one another. <laughs> I'll go get on them. Fine. I like that this computer place has like like a whole computer area where where like computer scientists are up there with their giant like like rooms full of these massive tape Super reel computers. computers. <laughs> yeah. So what? Well, it is state of the art. It's state of the art, man. You can't you can't knock it. It's state of the art. So while Leo is complaining about computers like my grandmother, uh, <laughs> Carrie Carrie arrives home, and when she comes in, Leah is listening to a Walkman, and Carrie manages to scare her just to remind us, the listeners uh, and the viewers of this particular movie, that this is a horror movie. Oh right, where people are frightened and get scared by things. Indeed. So Carrie says that she's going to go out for a run. Uh, and then she's going to come back and have a shower and uh, before they go out together for their, their drinky poo. Uh, and, and while this is going on, we do see Hank Williams climbing the stairwell to the their house or the house that she's staying at. Um, something really silly happens here, Mo. I don't know if you recall. There's a, in the middle of this, this uh, house is a giant aquarium. And, and there's a part where Carrie is walking behind the aquarium and pretends that she's swimming as she's going through it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of gag that only works if you know that someone is filming you. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, she does that, which is, again, very jovial, very fun thing to do. Has she forgotten that she saw a friend of hers almost murdered just an hour ago? Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's very quick on the recovery. Yeah, she does recover very quickly. Anyway, yeah. our killer, he does something a little unexpected, Mo. He knocks on the door. Yeah, that was a little weird. It is a little weird. He knocks on the door, and she is uh, basically uh, very suspicious about this gentleman, which is, again, understandable, since she did see someone almost murdered very <laughs> in the very recent past. And he says he's looking for Leon Felton. Mo. Is that what he says? I Leon think so. Felt- I oh. think that's what he says. Looking for Leon Felton. I don't know. I just- I, I did. I did get a kick out of the fact that, like, like it's the equivalent of like a serial killer version of like Land Shark from yeah. fucking like SNL. You know? That's right. <laughs> Can, candy grab. Candy grab. Land Shark. So uh, she, she uh, they say that he must be at the wrong address. That Carrie does. He tries to persist for some fucking reason, and then just hangs around outside for a while, and then eventually leaves. I guess his his hope was that they just let him in so he could just attack both of them. But uh, now here's not- here's the thing though mm-hmm. is that like Carrie has seen this guy. Yeah. Now I know that I know they try to imply that it's dark down where they were, but I mean, come on, she yeah. saw the guy. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But she has no idea that this is the guy who's now knocking on her door. I mean, I I mean, I guess in L.A. there's a lot of guys who look like Hank Williams Jr. But I mean, you know, or at least back then there must have been. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess you can't blame the guy to be looking for one of his rowdy friends. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's looking for Leon Felton, who sounds like a rowdy, who sounds rowdy, <laughs> you know. So the, o- uh, the only way that the only way they, the, the only way that name could be more rowdy is if his name was Roddy Piper. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so so uh, he heads off. Carrie goes for a jog. Uh, Leah decides that she's going to just get a shower, and she strips naked and gets into the shower. Uh, Woo! Then we we cut it just cuts kind of quickly back and forth between our killer who's just kind of wandering around outside uh, the police computer room <laughs> as as the helper as Leo's helper uh, gets the computers working <laughs> very exciting stuff and and Leah showering 
Yeah, I I really really get a kick out of how they figure out, you know how. Well, do you, I'm assuming you have the clip here, right, of what I'm basically trying to say. Uh, I'm not sure. About the suggestion for replacing backbone yeah. spine. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. So so the, the female cop, the friend of Leo, gets the computer working using her ability to just talk to the people who are in charge of that shit. And uh, that leads to a revelation. All right, we got him now. Look at this guy, Lawrence Ashton. Got his address, no phone. Looks good enough. All right, I'm printing. Go grab the printout, meet me in the conference room. I'll get the captain and be right there. Okay, so that doesn't really explain the ridiculousness that led up to that clip. Right, and we should also mention the fact that this is 40 minutes into the film, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill myself because we're only halfway through this fucking movie. Oh, it it (laughs) picks up in speed going forward. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, There's a lot less talking. Uh, actually, that's not true. There's like a five fucking straight minutes of nothing but talking. It's all but, right. Just take and, a deep breath, Mo. I know. Kushiraba. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but this is 40 minutes into the film, and this is the first time we hear his name, and it's also the only time we hear his name until about five minutes before the fucking movie ends. So what's going on here is that Leo is doing, as we mentioned before, just searching uh, correlating factors regarding all of these murders to try right. to bring up a match in their system with a criminal. So what is suggested by this uh, female cop who helped him with computer problems is that instead of writing in backbone as one of these, these, um, these factors to put in spine instead, like the title of the movie. And once he does that, it brings up this guy. All right. We got him now. That's right. So he's certain that this is the fucking guy, (laughs) the one match (laughs) there. They know it's Lawrence Ashton, by the way, like you said, Mo, it's 40 minutes in, this still doesn't seem to help them that much. No. So back at the apartment, Leah is now finished her uh, shower um, and she falls asleep. And when she falls asleep, Mo, there's a weird video effect on the screen. It goes kind of blue, 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 blue. Um, and I oh, don't I didn't know- even notice that. It does, yeah. And in fact, it might be representing something, Mo. Ooh. But we'll get back to that a little later. We'll have to figure that out later. Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> you will know when we reach the point when Mo gets very angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any anybody who's listened to this show in the past will know exactly what what when we get there. Cause I will flip out. We then see somebody opening a garage door. So uh so we don't know what's going on up at this point, but we can guess. Carrie arrives home from her walk, her walk, her run, uh, and she sees this uh, garage door kind of partially open. She tries closing it. And then she climbs under it. Big mistake. Why is that, Mo? Well, why would you? I mean, I didn't understand that. Like, why would you climb under the garage door? Like, um, you, uh, presumably you must have run past it when you left, you know, and you would have seen that it wasn't open then. Well, maybe now she thought Leah sudden, left for a second or something yeah, like that. And, and I guess maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't stupid. seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah. So she exactly. goes under and suddenly she's trapped, Mo. By the killer. By Lawrence Ashton. Right, because he closes the door behind her. He closes the door behind her. And this is when I notice, Mo, that yes, the killer looks like Hank Williams Jr. Yes, he looks like professional wrestler Ole Anderson. But here, he looks like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he just wants to be her everything. (laughs) So uh, he grabs her from behind and then punches her in the face. 
Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. And then later we find that she's been tied up. Mm-mm-mm. And really, this is the first time that we get actual dialogue from Lawrence Ashton, the killer. Right. And this is, you know, from this point forward, about halfway... He doesn't message, shut the fuck up. He doesn't shut the fuck up. And we get really a lot more elaboration on his back on his background than really... It's we literally like... It's like 20 straight minutes of exposition. That's yes, like really all it is. And this is how it starts. Yeah, we're going to have a good time today, Linda. <laughs> you be quiet now, honey. Oh, Bobby. You and your friend treat me nice like you used to and... Maybe you won't get hurt. Ah, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he once again pulls out his knife. Uh, he threatens her breasts, which is something he likes to do. Um, and then he says that he's going to go upstairs to take care of her friend first, and then we'll be back. And as he leaves, he goes, coochie coo. <laughs> He goes back and forth between these two women. This is ridiculous. This is fucking so, ridiculous. Like, like, like you ever see, I'm sure you have, like, do you remember, do you remember the, the episode of 30 Rock where Tina Fey invites Kenneth out to, 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 to lunch because he, he, she was hiding in the bathroom and she pretends to be like Kenneth toilet hole or something like that. <laughs> and like, so she's running back and forth. To the oh, I do remember coming this. Back. That's right. Keeps coming back as the other person. It's like it's 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 pretty much that. Like this dude just keeps running back and forth between his Lindas. Yeah, know? yeah. So he's gonna and go say, up up to Leia and then back to Carrie a hundred goddamn uh, times. Um, just every like he'll he'll go to one of them. He'll say two or three lines and then he'll be like, "Now I'm going back to Linda." <laughs> we uh we never see him actually capture Leia. It, we the the camera cuts to him being upstairs sitting down. And reading a paper and drinking some wine, and basically right. saying that that uh, that it's very typical that they leave certain details out of the police stories about right, these right, murders right. because they don't they want to be able to weed out the people who are lying about the facts. Something right, like that, exactly, exactly. But then, it but kinda, I think you, I think you skipped over a line though. What, what did I skip? Oh yeah, I did skip over a line. Yeah, you that's totally right. did. This is like a, such a great line, too. <laughs> yeah, so that's right because what happens is that. He goes upstairs, and we see Leia is still sleeping upstairs, and he pushes her face into some pillows, and it just takes forever. Right, right, right. And then he goes back downstairs, and Carrie, of course, is still tied up, and then he says, I think your t-shirt is making you uncomfortable, and then he cuts the back of her shirt up. Yeah. And 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 why did he do that, you think, Mo? Well, for obvious reasons, he wants to expose the spine. And in fact, then he says... This is your spine, Linda. Your life. Or have you forgotten that? I haven't. You have to pay, Linda. You owe me a lot. Like, I know this guy's supposed to be, like, super creepy and stuff, but a combination of how he speaks and how he looks makes him very, very ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to imagine that even in the mid-80s that this was someone who was meant to be intimidating looking. Yeah, no, he's not intimidating at all. No. Well, only... Even with, even, even with the knife. Even looking like Ole Anderson. Or Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. <laughs> the most intimidating member of the Bee Gees, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely has the most magnificent beard. That's right. And we all just let him be. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> so he tells uh, Linda that her spine exists, which she's very happy to hear. Yeah. Then he rubs her, and then he says he's going to get her friend ready for them, and then he will join them. So he went upstairs, pushed Leia's face into the pillows, came back down, cut up her shirt, now goes back upstairs, and that's when he reads the paper and drinks yeah, some pour, wine. Pours himself some wine and reads the paper. So then he has like a conversation with Leah, asking if she's like okay, and kind of mocking her a little bit, saying that she must be cold, um, and and just basically as a monologue of fucking nonsense. Uh, before ending with, just go ahead and finish your lunch, and I will be right back. So he goes back down mm-hmm. to see Carrie, <laughs> and uh, and then he says that her friend is waiting for her upstairs. So then he picks her up. Yeah, and thank goodness, finally, he, he, he brings her upstairs because, I mean, it, it doesn't end the cycle of him going back and forth between people, but at least they're a little closer. Yeah, he actually, um, so, yeah, so it's a little bit confusing Be- because Carrie tries to fight back a little bit, and this is where he says some things that don't really make a lot of sense right now. Like, um, he says, um, I think this is what happens here. He goes, like, you wanted me out of the way so you could have mama all to yourself. Yeah. Let's yeah, explain said, what the story... Let, let's just explain the, the whole deal with Hank Williams Jr. at this point, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want me, me do to it. do that? No, I can <laughs> do it. Uh, so, if memory serves, Linda is, in fact, his sister? Right? Uh, I don't, or is she, I don't or know she, that for or maybe sure. She's, oh, no, no. She's supposed to be the mother's nurse. The mother's nurse. That's exactly Yeah. And Linda leaves... And leaves him to take care of the mother. I believe. Um, maybe. <laughs> I don't. This know. is my understanding of how it goes, Mo. Yeah, I you believe because I don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> I believe that Hank Williams Jr. and his mother were having a very inappropriate relationship. The uh, the suggestion, at least, is that it may even have been sexual. Mm. And there was a time where he could no longer take care of his mother, so they brought in a nurse, and he felt. That the nurse was trying to separate his mother and him. And at one point, he is sent, I guess, to a uh, either a psychiatric hospital. I think that's the suggestion. Oh, right, 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 right. But he's allowed out of the hospital after his mother is killed or dies from falling down a flight of stairs. And he believes that Linda actually pushed her down those stairs. It's all coming back to me now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's very important, Mo, that we understand why this guy is so crazy. Oh my god, can we just finish this? <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie already. <laughs> let me just, just skip say to the end. Fuck let, this fucking movie. Let me just say to the listener, this movie's only like 71 minutes long. And Yeah, and it feels like nine fucking hours. Yeah, and so but thank fucking God. <laughs> this thing is so short. <laughs> so um Yeah, so he puts Leia in a different room and puts on a blindfold over her eyes. Because um, he wants because he wants he and Linda to have some privacy. That's exactly right. So then he goes back to Carrie, aka Linda, who by the way has a gag in her mouth that is only being held in by her own like teeth. That teeth, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. They have a I conversation. Just, I, I, I should actually state that at this point on in my notes, I stop calling Carrie Carrie and just start calling her Linda because it's just easier. <laughs> Linda <laughs> just Linda. Linda, Linda, Linda. How about that? Sure, sure. So uh, basically, Carrie then uh, very smart. She yeah, she starts playing along. It's, she starts you know, playing I mean, along. 
Right. And she says, oh, we didn't want him to leave, you know. Yeah. But. And he, and he almost catches him a little bit because she's like, almost. that's not what they told me. Right. And then, of course, she goes, why don't you just untie me so we can be friends? Because <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, try to fuck the guy. I mean, really. So I guess, actually, they, they do elaborate a little bit here. that So Linda, the real Linda, was brought in to help take care of his mother. And at one point, he tried to either molest Linda or rape her, which is why she called the police. And that's how he ended up getting thrown out of his oh, house. Oh, right, because he says something about, yeah, trying to touch her and she gets angry or something. And he says that the cops hurt him real bad. Right. And uh, that leads to after he uh, su- suggests that he, this is not going to work, um, that uh, they they have a little uh, argumentative moment that sounds like this. Girl, no, we tie you up. You son of a bitch! You're the bitch. I'm trying to trick me again, Linda. You're not my friend. She's my friend, not no. you. Does he think that both of them are Linda at this point? Yeah, I think he's literally thinks they're both Linda at this point. So he goes back into the bedroom where Leia is there with the uh, with with the uh, thing over her eyes, and this part really feels like Las Vegas bloodbath to a very great extent, <laughs> which actually made me just angry, more angry with the movie, right, um, because Las Vegas bloodbath is so fucking great. Oh, by the way, uh, I, if. Obviously, it was implied, but Linda, the real Linda, was a nurse, which is why he's been targeting nurses. Right. Um, and, um, oh, and this is where, in this sequence, he reveals that uh, he had had a physical confrontation with the real Linda, who picked up a pair of scissors, and what did she do, Mo? Oh, that's right. He that's takes right. off. He takes off the glasses. The glasses, which sh- I didn't realize was something that like we should have been curious about, but apparently we were supposed to. Be. I was never once curious about the fact that he was wearing glasses. I just assumed he was wearing creepy aviators. No. Uh huh. He had a reason for it, and he pulls them off, and one of his eyes is just scarred over. Right. Um. Uh, because a scarred I'm, over eye. Right. Because I'm guessing she basically stabbed him in the eye. And, in, you know, instead of losing the eye like you would normally do and having a big hole where the eye once was, instead, now it it healed right over, which is a kind of a cool effect. I actually kind of thought it was neat. It's like um, One-Eyed Willie's eye. Yeah, it's kind of One-Eyed Willie, you know. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong. That's the only Stupid, example I have in my brain yeah. <laughs> of someone with an eye covered up. By the way, uh, we haven't really mentioned the fact that, yeah, like you said, he's wearing like aviator glasses. When we were making Rock, Paper, Scissors, one of our lead characters had aviators on, which was a very bad idea. And I remember voicing that very fact because it means that there's constantly a reflection catching cameramen in it throughout <laughs> this entire movie. Right. Just that's just how it happens. So well, he uh, they didn't they didn't have your expertise on this. Film. <laughs> so if only uh, if only they had you to voice a puppet. <laughs> so he gags Leia once again, tells her to have a nice rest, and that he'll come back and they'll have a good time, like like good friends should. Right. Then he goes back to Carrie again. <sighs> I don't like this scene. This is yeah okay so. Let's let's get through it fairly quickly. He, yeah, this is this is not a nice scene. <laughs> he unties her briefly, right? Then he bends her over a chair, right? And he runs a knife across her thigh while very weird synth music plays on the. Uh, on the <laughs> well, they got craft work to do the. 
<laughs> oh god. Then he, he slices is up the her robot. Sh- doop, doop, he, doop, doop. he takes he takes out a knife. <laughs> yes. And he slices up her shorts, the the shorts that she's wearing. Right. And they don't show it, you know, it's it's all implied and all of this happens super fucking fast. Um thank goodness. Because but what yes. happens? Just just say it, Mo. We know. Yeah, we'll happens. just we'll just break, break it out because he Cuts open her shorts and basically, not basically, he rapes her. Yeah, he rapes her. It's not yeah. it's not extremely graphic or anything like that, but it certainly is not, unpleasant. It's unpleasant, even for the, the for you know, for the two seconds or whatever, because it's not on screen that long. It's you also, know, un, it feels a little unnecessary, don't you it's think? It's totally unnecessary. I mean, again, I understand, you know, of course, listeners, that, that in many cases in films, rape scenes are unnecessary. But in this one in particular, because they've already established that he does rape, uh, but does right. not do it often. Uh, and in fact, there's no real suggestion about why he has raped once before and not other times. doesn't really seem to make any sense. So here... They really could have left it out. Yeah, they could have, you know. So while this is happening, Leah in the other room has knocked a phone off the hook with her head. Very smart. Uh, But before she can make any calls, uh, the killer comes in. And uh, that's when he elaborates about the real Linda pushing his mother down some stairs. Right, because because he tells Leah that, quote unquote, Linda admitted to what she had did. And that Leah tries to explain to him that they're not at all who he thinks they are, you know. And he rambles on a bit about taking yeah. out spines. And it's, uh, my but notes literally say at this point, this is a dumb movie. Yeah, it's dumb. And it's important for us to elaborate on this because, for reasons that will become a little clear in just a few minutes. But it, it, it'll also be very irritating once you find out why we said that. Yeah. Um, he, he tells Leah that, he, uh, that the only way for this to, to make things right is for Linda... To kill herself, to make up for right. killing his mom, and so then he leaves the room again, saying that when he's finished with that, he's going to come back for her. Then he returns again. It goes back and forth a thousand fucking times. Yeah, he goes back out. Carrie is still bent over the chair. He uh, brings her up to her feet, and he says this: Are you afraid, Linda? Are you scared? Piss in your pants, bitch. Was Mama afraid? Was there a moment when she knew when you pushed that wheelchair down the stairs and she Ooh. knew she was gonna die? Ooh. Yeah, so that sucks. Uh, so while this is happening, Leia has managed to undo her ropes, the ones that she's tied up with in the room. Um, and we, it cuts back and forth. It cuts back to Carrie, who's been knocked to the floor, we see him bring up the knife. I think this is the same shot right from the beginning of the movie. Essentially, yeah, because he's he's she has uh, one of the ropes around her neck, and he's right. pulling on that, kind of choking her, and and then stabby, stabby, stabby. Yeah, so he stabs Carrie. This is off screen, though we can see blood fly up as he keeps stabbing her again and again. It's actually kind of a uh, like you know. Uh, effect wise, it's it's a neat scene. It's like what you know they they do it all the time in these movies, do you? Sure. You know you stab you stab down. You don't see where it's going, but he's getting splattered the entire time with with blood. It's fucking fantastic. But then he, he does, does lick something. the knife. At he one does. Point. Yeah, I was gonna say he does lick the knife, which I fucking loved. You know, that, I like. That, okay, all right. That almost makes this horrendous movie have a modicum of worthwhileness to it. He did something I loved, interesting. I loved the fucking life knife lick. I fucking thought it was great. 
Call me crazy. <laughs> we were grasping at straws at this point. We're grasping at any fucking tiny little straw at this point. So Leia is, is has untied herself. She's trying to escape while this is going on in the other room while he's stabbing Carrie to death. We My see, notes literally say, Leah sneaks for what seems like forever. It does take <laughs> fucking forever. In fact, it says my notes. This takes forever. Then she reaches a hallway. She reaches a hallway after going very slowly, and she decides she's going to run the rest of the way. And as soon as she runs, she runs directly into Hank Williams Jr., absolutely covered in blood. Yeah. Then it cuts to her hogtied with a... Actually, this is my favorite shot in the entire movie, with this the killer standing over her. Uh, and it, it's a great shot at first, and then the camera keeps zooming in and out. <laughs> and then what happens, Mo? Uh, all right, well, let me tell you any... what it says in my notes, Mo. Oh, <laughs> it please, says, please do. Dear God, it was all a dream. Mo is going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> in my notes, it says, Leah wakes up. It was a fucking dream, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. All capitals, fuck this movie. <laughs> so remember when I said I earlier, hate that. I fucking hate that so much. Movies that pull the fucking it was all a dream bullshit get an immediate zero from me because it's cheap and like it is so seldomly used right. Like I think <laughs> me, there, there might be two examples in the history of film where it's okay that it was all a dream but man oh man does that not happen nearly enough and it's overused and fuck this movie fuck this nonsense with this was all a dream bullshit but it wasn't all a dream no it was just part of it was a dream which makes it even stupider (laughs) so (laughs) so leia wakes up and Carrie is there with her. So so you might remember earlier I mentioned there was a weird video effect. That was when Carrie had gone out for a jog. Leia laid down and after her shower. And that's when the video effect happened. That's when her dream started. And all the stuff with Carrie being attacked in the garage and all this back and forth, that was all a dream. And after uh, Carrie wakes, uh, wakes her up, uh, her response about the dream is, Oh my God, Carrie. It was so real. So, so that's that. Great. Great. So then we cut to the police station where uh, Leo is saying that they've got the guy. So they're putting an APB out on uh, on the dude. I can't remember his fucking name. Um, he says we got the guy. Came out of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence. Lawrence Ashton. Ashton, that's right. Yeah. Then we go back to Carrie and Leia, who are talking about the dream. Uh, and Carrie suggests that the reason she had the dream is because she's been reading about it so much in the newspaper and thinking about it too much. Then there is a knock on the door. And who is at the door, Mo? Uh, it's Detective Joffrey. It's Joffrey, the asshole. Who basically... Joffrey, the asshole. This is very bizarre. Okay, so he's knocking on their door specifically to tell them that they have discovered who the killer is, they think, and that they feel like that they will have him picked up in, like, a day or two. I think they said, I think they even, might have even said that they'd have him within the hour. Yeah, like, by tonight, I or, think or, or, like, by tonight, yeah, or, like, yeah. by the end of the day, or nonsense. So while he's describing it, I don't know why they would come to this person's apartment to say that they they, they know who the killer is, but he hasn't been found yet. <laughs> 
Well, I feel like I, I feel like this was all a ruse on their part to have an excuse to go to her house anyway. I I I oh that makes a lot more sense now because I I'm going to need yeah. a little help with this ending mode because I was right, fucking right, right. confused as shit. Sure. So uh, while he's in there, Leia asks some details about Lawrence Ashton, and she finds out that he was released from a mental institution. Um, that he ran the family business business, and then his mother died, and he went off the deep end. And and it's Leia's like very surprised because you might recall, folks, that all those details that she heard about the killer it was from her dream. You know what? I'll give this movie that much credit too in the fact that like r- shit that really happened was in her dream, and she's kind of f- flipping out over it because it's like, how did she know that information? You know. Um. So I'll give him that much credit, except for the fact that it was a fucking dream. Fuck this movie. Uh. But for some reason, Carrie decides now's the perfect time to bring the trash out. Yeah. So so Joffrey leaves. Carrie asks Leia if she's like psychic because she had this detail, right? Because they had already talked about her dream. Right, um, right. And Leia decides that she really just wants to go out for a little while. Yeah. And and that's when, as you mentioned, Mo, Carrie decides, well, I'm going to bring the garbage outside first. Right. And, she and this is where the movie gets super fucking confusing. Yes. Because Carrie goes outside to bring the trash out and... But but Leah's still inside. Yes. And and okay, watching so, her so out is, through the window. Is that what she's doing? Because she feel it feels like she's standing with her back to the front door. You that, know? That's true. I think she looks at first and then she puts her back to the door and, and sure. then she yells this. Yeah. Carrie? Are you alright? Carrie Leah, I'm alright. Don't go in the garage. <laughs> so she says don't go in the garage. We see a close-up of the sunglasses of Hank Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. Then we see Leo with a gun. Yeah. He shoots the gun. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Right. And this is and okay, this is actually one of my favorite things that movies like this do, where <laughs> they where they decide, all right, the movie's over. We'll just tell you everything else that happens. On, with text on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just we're just here's a couple of sh- a couple of slates of text. This is all you need to know. So it basically goes on to tell them that Lawrence Ashton was pronounced dead at arrival uh, uh, at Brotman Hospital, which I thought was great <laughs> that they that they went out of their way to mention the name of the hospital. Then they said something about uh, Leo Meadows. He was suspended, suspended from the force because of the the the, the shooting. Uh, they said that there was an investigation into Ashton and that all, he was found guilty of all the Linda killings, as they right. were calling them. And then uh, and then that later the charges were dropped against Meadows. Yeah, I Mo- think I think that pretty much encompasses all what all four of the the, the slates said. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. That's that's <laughs> it. That, there's no more movie. That's, that's it. That's the end of the movie. That's how the movie ends. Carrie went out to bring out some garbage. We saw the glasses of the killer. We saw Leo stand up and shoot. We didn't see the guy get shot. We didn't see <laughs> them in the same frame together. We have no explanation of how Leo got there or why nope. he was there. Why There's he no thought, geography. There's no geography to the scene whatsoever. How he even knew to look at this particular place <laughs> for the killer. It is completely fucking ludicrous. It is total fucking shambles. I love it. Very. Oh, I, fe- I feel very irritated. <laughs> it's a very irritating way to end a movie. You know, especially since they had just pulled the fucking it was a dream right. bullshit right on us. So they pulled the two most irritating things you can do in a movie and they did them back to back. It was all a dream. And then, oh, hey, by the way, this is what happens. Read about it. 
<laughs> Lawrence Ashton is living high on the hog. <laughs> and that leads, Mo, into the closing Leo, credits. Leo Meadows is now governor of California. <laughs> <laughs> the closing credits for Spine from 1986, Mo. It's actually <sighs> has a lot of people listed in this closing credits. It's like sure. there's a ton of people listed. Okay. Do you remember anything at all about the closing credits? <laughs> no, I no, I didn't fucking read a thing after those tiles. There's nothing really of note in these closing credits except for it says the producers would like to thank the various governmental agencies of the city of Los Angeles for their cooperation and assistance in the making of this picture, meaning that they had access to real, I guess, police officers for this. Which is fucking crazy because why didn't they use them? Also, they make the police in this movie look like complete fucking idiots. <laughs> they really do. 1986, <laughs> Zeon Limited. That was 1986's Spine Mo. Oh my god. Yep. Uh, out of 10, Mo, what would you give Spine? Oh, I'd give it a straight up the fucking middle one. I thought you gave it a big goose egg because of its... It, uh, it gets a big fucking goose egg. It totally does. Thank you for reminding me about the fucking dream, <laughs> dream thing again. Big, big fucking null and void circle with a slash through it. Fuck you, zero. I, uh, Imo, was not a fan of 1986's Spine. I did not find it very entertaining. It wasn't very no. violent. I know that's a weird thing to complain about, but, you know, at least give me something to, to hold well, on to. A, when you're supposed to be a slasher fa- flick, there should be, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because it's not a mystery movie. Stuff. I mean, we know who the killer yeah. is. It's just the, the cops are on his tail, but right. they're a complete non-entity. These female characters are... Totally uninteresting. Maybe if they went yep. into the background of Leah, like why she ended up leaving Kansas City and all that shit. Uh, yeah, I'd actually almost rather watch that movie. How about if that tied into why the killer was after her even, right? Sure, sure. I mean, that makes so... Like, that is a plot. This plot doesn't make any goddamn sense and has to rely both on a dream sequence, a psychic person, and an ending that makes no goddamn sense at all. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really very poor... <laughs> filmmaking here <laughs> and let by the way let us not forget that the uh tagline for 1986's spine was he is looking for linda and that could be anybody oh yeah turns out that it could be anybody because he could kill anybody right and he thinks they're all linda yeah i, I don't want to talk about this fucking movie anymore i'm done the best thing about 1986's spine being featured <laughs> <laughs> on this episode of No Budget Nightmares, which, by the way, Mo, this is episode 93 of wow. No Budget Nightmares, uh, is that we never have to watch it ever again. Yeah, thank fucking goodness. However, Mo, even though the spine chapter is closed, we must turn the page to the next yeah. chapter. Let's uh, do it. And what are we going to be watching on episode number 94 of No Budget Nightmares? Uh, we're going to watch uh, Meat Market. 2000's Meat Market, as suggested oh, it's from 2000? Yeah, the year 2000, Mo, the year of our Lord, 2000, uh-huh. directed by Brian Clement, uh, written by Nick Sheehan and Brian Clement, is 2000's Meat Market. Now, this was recommended to us by a listener of the show, <laughs> whose name escapes me at the moment. I just... <laughs> you just asshole. <laughs> Someone, the just worst. one of our... One of our, our random plebeians who uh, you are decided the to tell... Worst. <laughs> He knows who he is. But Meat Market from 2000 will be featured on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares. Is this one that you've seen before, Mo? Meat 
market. No, no, I'm I'm uh, interested. Well, you know what's also interesting about this? What? It's I believe it's Canadian. Ooh. I believe it was shot in the uh, British Columbias. Oh. And it's uh, it's actually the first part of a trilogy. There's also a Meat Market 2 from 2001 and a Meat Market 3 from 2006. All right. Well, maybe if we enjoy this one some point in six or seven years, we'll uh, we'll look into the second one. And the tagline for Meat Market is, from the depths of hell, the dead... He's have looking re- for Linda, and she could be anyone. <laughs> from the depths of hell, the dead have returned to walk the earth, pray for help. Nice. Pray for help. Meat Market from the year 2000. Mo, if people want to check out more episodes of No Budget Nightmares, and why wouldn't they after this spine-tingling episode? Oh, I hate you so much. What's the best way uh, for them to do so? Yeah, if they want to pop over onto Facebook, they can do a search for us. Uh, do a search No Budget Nightmares, or just go directly to us at facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. There One you word. Go. And you can, of course, go to dorkshelf.com for the latest episode of No Budget Nightmares and some writing by me every once in a while as well. Great site, dorkshelf.com. You can also find both Mo and myself on Twitter, the social media. Mo can be Ooh. found at Drunk on VHS, and Correct. I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L. E-Y. I heard your uh, I heard your somebody misspelled your uh, your wife's name. My lovely recently. wife uh, was the uh, uh, the customer of the day at a local uh, uh, very lovely uh, cafe called the Silverbean Cafe here in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, and uh, they they misspelled her last name T I L L Y, which just reinforces Mo why I have to say T I L L E Y. And uh, let's not let's also not forget that if anybody wants to go and. Uh, listen to previous episodes of the show, they can go over to nobudgetpodcast.com. And through there, they can also subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review. We would appreciate it very much. Look, listeners, I know you just want to ignore this part. Just leave us a review. I know you listen to the show. You're listening right now. So just go. Look, I I don't like having iTunes installed on my computer either, but all you have to do is install it, leave us a review, and uninstall it. It makes a difference, man. Word. Mo, have you watched any good movies lately? I feel like I have, but I'll be damned if I remember what. How bad is that? You know what I watched yesterday, Mo? What did I watch? What? I watched a little movie from 1986, I believe, called Savage Streets. Oh, I love Savage Streets. With Linda Blair. Yeah. Getting some revenge after... uh, Actually, it might have been 84, now I think about it, because it would have been... Linnea Quigley is in it. She unfortunately gets... uh, Raped by a group of punks, and then her sister, played by uh, by uh, the Exorcist Linda Blair, has to go out with a crossbow and murder all of them. Yeah, it's a great fucking. Movie. It's pretty fucking I mean, great, actually. It has it, an it's amazing soundtrack. Yeah, it, um, that's I actually uh, I heard the soundtrack before I watched the movie, and I'm like, this soundtrack's fucking amazing. I need to fucking find this movie, and so I found it. It's great. Um, I did find the list of the movie that I the movies that I've recently watched, and I just realized there's been a fucking shit ton of them. So I'll just mention like two, <laughs> two or three. Sure. Uh, I watched uh, the comedian, the De Niro uh, new movie. Um, really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. Is it better than the King of Comedy, Mo? No, God, no. Of course, come not, on, right? <laughs> no, so absolutely. What's, what's not. even the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But but I did really enjoy the comedian. Um, I watched the girls with the girl with all the gifts. Oh right, which I thought was which I thought was a really interesting take on like the zombie film. Um, really good, really enjoyed it. Uh, I watched Moana. Oh, I have yet to see it. It's 
you know what? It took a little while for me to really sell on it. But once I got to one very specific scene, I, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. This is fun. I'm totally down. How's the music uh, in Moana? It's good. I mean, fucking, what's his name? Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, exactly. You know, did did a lot of the music on it. It's fucking fantastic. It really is. Uh, I watched Get Out. I've, yet, I've I, also yet to watch Get Out. and I, I really need to get on top. Uh, everyone tells me that it's amazing. It's really fucking good. Like, I was surprised even, like, I mean, even with the hype, how good it was. And then uh, lastly, the last one I'll mention is I watched uh, Logan, finally. Oh, yes. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. It's good, huh? I re- I, yeah, I really thought it was good. I'm like, what a great way to end that whole, you know, run. Good, I, good Imo, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I really want to watch that. It's You know what? I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I It took me a while to really lock onto it, but... There's, well, I hear I hear it takes a lot of chances. It, you know what? It's more ballsy than you might expect, and also yeah. it it for and this is rare enough in in uh, in these Marvel films. It has a great villain, which I, I'm not going to give any more no, 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 information. Don't, don't give anything else away. Yeah, but it does. It has a terrific it. villain in it. I also yesterday uh, had a, did a, a rewatch of just because I was in the mood. I watched Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Um, that's a that's an underrated film. Underrated. I, I don't. I don't think that movie got the 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 credit that it really deserves. It's a that's a really fun movie. I really like it. And this yeah. time I watched the director's cut version, which is significantly longer. By the way, I think oh, yeah? it's at least twenty minutes. It has tons and tons of material and even extra huh. songs and stuff in it. Um, nice. And though I enjoyed the this version simply because I hadn't seen it before, I probably would recommend the non-director's cut one because <laughs> this goddamn thing is two hours, and it just by the end of it, I was like, I'm ready for this movie to end, and I right, like this right. movie a lot. <laughs> but yeah, recommended, walk hard, and pretty much, I guess, every movie you've been watching uh, lately, Mo, has been a winner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, like I even watched the new Mechanic movie, the Mechanic Resur- Resurrection. Oh, right. That was really that was really good too. I mean, you know, if you're into like the straight to video sort of action stuff, you know, like I, I've been watching like a lot of really good movies, and uh, and then I restarted watching Breaking Bad again as well. So like I've got a bunch of great television coming at me as well. So it's TV been a, so it's good been right good, now. It's been uh, it's been a good good era right now for movies and tv for anything to escape from your life <laughs> except for spine uh-huh. except for spine <laughs> except for yeah. spine oh yeah this is this is total escapism i'm totally like covering up for all the crippling depression i'm currently feeling but yeah you know whatever so you've been to the beach lately mo i have i have it's, it's what's it like being on the beach like, down it down here it's nice yeah man. it's real. yeah there's a lot of like i mean i'm not gonna lie i I've, I've never in my life been a beach person and i've been like twice within the last two weeks and i'm like i'm itching to go back because i'd spend it's like the nicest thing about where i live how far away is the beach from where you are currently mo not not far at all like i could i, could, I mean like if i was feeling really ambitious i could technically walk there but i wouldn't you don't need to tell me that you're not generally feeling ambitious, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> but you could get there. I mean, you can get can, to the beach. You should just live yeah. on the beach. No, I don't want to do that. Why not? Because I burn easy, man. Well, <laughs> like my my first day out there, like I burned like to a crisp. It was awful. And then you got whacked in the face by a wave. And then I got punched in the face by a wave. <laughs> and then knocked over. 
Oh my god! And like we were like like the day I got knocked over too. Like there was like a there was a rip current warning. So mm-hmm. like I get I get knocked off my feet like the first time, literally like off my feet. I'm like fucking ass overhead, and uh, and uh, and I'm like, oh my god, where the hell am I? Where the hell am I? And then like I realize I'm literally in like two feet of water. So I just push. <laughs> I just push myself back up. <laughs> You're just screaming for help. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I, I didn't. I didn't get that far. I didn't get that far. But I, you know, it was. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, Mo, I should ask you before we get out of here. Uh, what's the status of your show with Brandon Bennett, friend of the show? Um, we we haven't started it back up again yet, but we will. It's it's very hard to get all this stuff you know coordinated i gotta get on you mo that's why that's why this happens is because i'm on. well it's you know you know what it is it's like i like i have to record at my mom's house because i can't record at the fucking chaos central that is the house i'm living at Mm -hmm. with you know six other fucking people Uh, and i feel like i'm imposing and i don't want to do that so i try to you know limit what how much i i take up of their time and Right now, right now, I'm kind of focused on getting this show back up and running again, and then I'll work on getting the other one going. Well, I I hope things settle for you soon. I want to hear more episodes of that show. It can be found at the After Movie Diner. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just help promote your show here, Mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at yeah, it's at After Movie Diner. <laughs> and you can we'll, all we'll all... get we'll we'll get more episodes up up and running soon. I and we will find those posts over in our Facebook group. As well. Mo, I think it's time to say goodbye to Spine forever. Yes, please. We will forever be spineless after this episode of No Budget (laughs) Nightmares. But when we return in just a couple of weeks, we'll be discussing 2000's Meat Market. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe we should say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Goodnight, everybody. Oh, I hate computers. I don't know. Can you go up and talk to those people? Either I'm running out of disk space or the thing is taking too long. This is supposed to be a big system.